Canada. Candy. Cornea. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And our first story is animal news. Uh, so this was reported by Sky.com. And I'm going to continue my grand tradition of just reading the headline because it's one of the best parts about the story. Canadian okay. Zoo fined after taking bear out for ice cream. <laughs> I'm so sorry for the weirdness of that laugh. No, but I just it was real. Wasn't expecting that. It was genuine, <laughs> and it was it was the correct response to how <laughs> absurd that is. Okay, so I want to know more. So Discovery Wildlife Park in Alberta, Canada, drove their bear, whose name is Berkeley, which is a great name for oh. a bear, to a Dairy Queen to get some ice cream. And shared a video of him on social media being fed through the window by the store's owner. So the store owner is apparently cool with it. Uh, okay. But uh, according to the Canadian press, the zoo's permit requires them to tell authorities before they ever move an animal out of the zoo. Mm. So uh, they, the owners of the park, Doug Bose and Debbie Rowland, were charged under the Wildlife Act. Uh, they admitted they had been, quote, busy and made a mistake in not telling the local <laughs> government about Berkeley's trip. So my favorite thing about this story is the implication that this would have all been totally fine if they just told somebody first. <laughs> like, like, they just, like, there's just some form, like, we're moving an animal today, reason. The, we're taking a bear out for ice cream. Ice cream. Someone the, stamps it, like, okay, sounds good, like... <laughs> the only reason they got in trouble is because they didn't say something, not because they took a bear to a dairy <laughs> to like queen. A, like, like they took a bear into a uh, like a public what what would you call that? It's like a public space where people yeah. aren't expecting to have a bear be near them. <laughs> you know, like there's probably like people sitting around at picnic tables eating ice cream <laughs> at that Dairy Queen. Yeah, nobody ex so, nobody expects the bear. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, uh, members of the public are technically also not allowed to have contact with the animals while they're out. Like, they have to be in cages. So, having the owner feed oh. it was also apparently a problem. But, like, otherwise, I mean, they were totally fine. They could have taken him in a cage and gotten him some ice cream. Or they could have, I, I don't know, they could I have mean, gone and gotten the ice cream and brought was, it back. But it's more yeah, fun to that, think that of That was nice of them to yeah. bring he just Berkeley, right? Trip. His name was Berkeley? Berkeley the bear. To bring Berkeley out for ice cream? I mean, that's... That was nice of them, but they should have followed protocol. <laughs> yeah. So apparently they have revised their permit so that they uh, can include uh, new requirements for the zoo to ask first. So that's, that's all. That's okay. all they had to do is just, is just say something. But. Wow. What would you do, Anthony, uh -huh. if you were sitting in a Dairy Queen yes. and you look over at the drive through window area mm -hmm. and there's just a bear out the window and someone's holding it in an ice cream cone. Like, what would you do okay. in that situation? Well, since you said it's in the car, and, like, I'm in the Dairy Queen, like, I'm fine. I'd, prob I'd probably laugh. I'd probably find it funny. Yeah. Like, I'd be more, I'd have more of a problem, I think, if I, like, was sitting in the Dairy Queen, looked over in the table next to me. <laughs> it's just a bear <laughs> enjoying some ice cream. 
But even then, I'd probably be like, well, it's just it's just having some ice cream. It's not hurting anyone. Yeah. As long as it looked like somebody was with it. What about <laughs> if you looked over and it wasn't in a car? It was just on its own at the window outside. Outside. Still outside. I wouldn't freak out. No. Yeah, I I no? probably like <laughs> honestly I'd probably pull out my phone and start and start taking a video because that would be. I don't know. I think bears are kind of cute. I think it'd be kind of adorable. Like, as long as it wasn't hurting anyone, right? Yeah. I guess, like, at what, at what point would you be afraid? Um, once it was close to me and not focused on its ice cream. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me, like, it scares me a little bit because I feel like, oh, what if it, like, climbs into the restaurant or something? But... I mean, I guess I'd probably start, like, eyeing possible escape routes. <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought it might be fun to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't what think it would. I don't that? think it would freak me out a whole lot. Like, it's just it's, until the situation seemed like it was out of control. That's when I would. That's when I would start. Okay. I would start panicking. You know, I guess because I've seen the movie The Revenant, I mm. now have this like image of bears are terrifying. Yeah, I haven't, even though they can look seen it, deceivingly cute, like they're very, very dangerous animals. <laughs> <laughs> they scare me a little bit. So I'm probably reacting to it slightly differently then. What if it was a bear cub getting ice cream? Oh yeah. No worries that would at be, all. That'd be so that, cute. That would be so cute. Oh, what if it's a panda? Aww. It was a panda getting ice cream. I want to see a panda eating ice cream. Me too. I bet a video of that exists somewhere. I'm sure, I'm sure there's something online. Let's look it up after this. Wait, wait, uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, <laughs> But that was animal news. Okay, well, my first segment is crime news. This is from NBC News. And the headline is, You're not getting my Louis Vuitton. Michigan man (laughs) refuses to give up bag to armed robber. Yes, I heard of this story. This makes me so happy. (laughs) I, I loved this after I read it. I'm like, I need to share this with everyone. Um, so this man's name is Jared Kluting from Michigan, and he told reporters that a man approached him uh, this past Monday evening while walking in Holland Township outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, the man pulled out a gun, covered his mouth with a bandana, and ordered Kluting to hand over his Louis Vuitton bag. And he just refused. Like, he just wouldn't give it up, even though the guy had, was, like, had robbing him. him at gunpoint. Yeah. Um, at least three shots were fired in the confrontation. Oh, my God. But he wasn't hurt. Right. Yeah, I, I assume. But three shots were fired. Um, but he ran for help um, to a nearby business, and then police ended up arresting the suspect shortly after the incident. And then Kluding told reporters that he saved up his money to buy the roughly $1,700 satchel. Oh, my like God. That's how much it was worth. It was one of the really expensive ones. Yeah. Well, this article says, while authorities encourage people not to bargain with armed thieves, Kluding seemed pleased with his outcome. And then this is this is the best part of the story right here. This is a quote from this guy. Yeah. Quote, I got my bag. He can pry it out of my cold, dead hands. (laughs) I'm just like, this guy is awesome. Like, he has such guts to do this. At the same time, though, like, it's not a good idea. Like, don't do that. Don't ever do that. But, but that is that. I have incredible. mixed feelings about it because on one hand, he's like so courageous or he's either really courageous or just really unintelligent. Yeah, I was going to say. I guess. It's so 
sufficient stupidity can come across as courage. (laughs) But I don't know. The fact uh, that the fact that the outcome was good, like I feel like makes it a little easier to just appreciate how how brave that was, but also incredibly foolish. I mean, it was (laughs) it was very foolish, but I think even I think the average person, even an unintelligent person, would probably just be afraid and just give up the thing and just, you know, whatever. And he was like, no, I refuse. Hey, I thought that was interesting. I mean, if you, if you, if you have the, uh, the patience to save up money for a bag that expensive, like, yeah, I kind of get it. I get it to an extent. I like, cause I personally would never spend that much money on like anything I would have out (laughs) in public. Um, neither would I. Yeah. But, But, like I'm thinking, like even my phone is it's expensive, but it's like less than half that. Yeah, and that, that's probably the most expensive thing that I that ever carry I would with me. carry with me. Yeah, like I don't. You and my shoes are always like cheap. <laughs> I don't spend. Well, what I mean, it's like there. jewelry and electronics, right? Right. And but and designer bags. Actually. Yeah. Like I know someone that actually had a handbag stolen from them, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Oh, they're valuable. It's really, yeah, they and are really valuable. And a lot of times they contain other valuable things, yeah, too. Yeah, it's, like, so it's, it's like, okay, normal, like if someone steals your purse, like that's already something that people are trying to do. Then it's like on top of that, if your bag is like a really expensive, nice bag, it's just like. Right, who even knows if the the uh, robber saw like what kind of bag it was, he might have just been That's a good point. Steal. Yeah, he might have not even right. known. I can't believe three gunshots, like I assume mm-hmm. just like warning shots. Presumably. It, this article doesn't say, so I don't know exactly yeah. what. They probably were just warning shots. Like, he was right. just trying to be like, hey, I'm serious about And this. I mean, it makes sense. Like, most robbers don't want to escalate something oh, into yeah. a murder. No, no they really like, don't. Yeah, they really don't. Still, most of them. It's I mean, it's better. still. Don't yes. take chances. <laughs> you still should not take chances. <laughs> we are not condoning. I don't want to glorify this at all. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not condoning <laughs> taking chances like that. Yeah. But in this case, it ended up it being. It just. A good outcome was and a good it was outcome and funny. a little bit a uh, funny funny yeah. kind of story this time. So, but now we've got the story. Don't don't try to make another one, people. Yes, we I, I we need no I will more. Restate this. I was not meaning to. Yeah, no. I <laughs> say that you should go out and be courageous, and if you end up in this situation, just you know, material objects can be replaced. Yes, that's what you cannot. We always think right. This has been a so. message from your friends at Knickknack News. So that was crime news. Crime news. All right. Uh, my next story is science news. Uh, the BBC reports, again, uh, these headlines are just amazing. Don't <laughs> toast marshmallows on Hawaii volcano, says U.S. government. Uh, I so, did see the see this headline, but yes. I want to know more about uh, what happened. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> I also awesome. I also wanted to know more. Um, the story itself was actually very short, but I did a little extra research myself just because I was curious. Um, so, uh, Twitter user Jay Fur from Richmond, Vermont, uh, uh, sent a tweet to the U.S. Geological Survey asking whether it's safe to roast marshmallows over a volcanic vent. His exact question was, is it safe to roast marshmallows over volcanic vents, assuming you had a long enough stick, that is? <laughs> or would the resulting marshmallows be poisonous? Um, so this, he was asking because um, most people are probably familiar, but the uh, the volcano, oh boy, 
Kalawia? Have you heard? I don't know. I have not heard how Kilo- it's Kilauea? pronounced. Kilauea? That sounds more that right. Sounds like know. it rings a bell. But in Hawaii, I don't know. it's uh, been uh, it's one of the world's most active volcanoes. It's been very active in recent weeks. Though I was act- this article actually surprised me. The present eruption actually began 35 years ago. So oh, like wow. when they say it's very active, it's been active for a very long time. It, this is just in recent okay. in recent uh, weeks, it's uh, destroyed dozens of homes. Um, luckily, nobody's died, um, but 2,000 people have been displaced. Um, but in response to this, the, uh, the uh, government unsurprisingly said, uh, it would not be safe and do not try to do so. Their exact response, um, we're going to have to say no, that's not safe. <laughs> in parentheses, please don't try. If the vent is emitting a lot of SO2 or H2S, that would taste bad. <laughs> and if you add sulfuric acid in, in a VOG, for example, to sugar, or if you add sulfuric acid to sugar, you get a pretty spectacular reaction. Um, so VOG is just short for volcanic fog. Oh, I looked, okay. I, uh, I had to look that up because I was not familiar <laughs> with that term. Never heard that before. Um, but apparently it can contain sulfuric acid. Um, uh, the video that I saw described it as like, your eyes and throat would just be like stinging as if like, like if you've ever gotten pepper juice in your eyes, like chili peppers. Um, And uh, I was just curious about SO2 and H2S because I didn't actually really know anything about them. So I did a little, I did a little more research and what what I found is plenty to discourage me from ever (laughs) trying to do, to first a marshmallow over a volcano. So SO2 is uh, sulfur dioxide. Um, Inhaling it, is associated with increased respiratory symptoms and disease, difficulty in breathing, and premature death. So, okay, don't <laughs> don't do that. Probably so don't do that. But apparently, it's considered safe as a preservative in food. So, I mean, in, I assume in very small uh, amounts. But hmm. Um. So that's interesting. It's weird. Um. I think it's used in the process of uh, making wine, actually. But uh, there definitely is some type of sulfuric. Something. element some I, to wine but i, I don't, scanned I don't really the wikipedia exactly. article for things so <laughs> I, I just remember saying something about wine um unless it was h2s h2s is a wikipedia page in which case that that might be different um but h2s is hydrogen sulfide the toxicity of that is comparable with uh carbon monoxide so everybody knows that's bad for you uh yeah Long-term, low-level exposure can result in fatigue, loss of appetite, headaches, irritability, poor memory, and dizziness. But short-term, high-level exposure can induce immediate collapse with loss of breathing and a high probability of death. So, Okay, then. Uh, if you weren't convinced not to try roasting marshmallows <laughs> over a volcano before, uh, hopefully uh, that has set you straight. Uh, I'm just really excited that they, that they responded to that question. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Another public service announcement from your friends yes. at Nick News. Uh, we're just reiterating: yeah. do not try to roast a marshmallow, and do not try over... to stand up to a robber. Yes. Yeah. Both of those things. And if you do successfully roast a marshmallow over a volcano, do not stand up to a robber who tries to take it from you. Right. Yeah. That was science news. Woo. Okay, my next story is food news. Munch, munch, munch. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that. <clears throat> we might not. Uh, maybe. We'll, 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 cut see. That. we'll, we'll see. We'll cut that. 
We'll see. We'll definitely. <laughs> um, are you familiar with the uh, candy company Neko? Yes. Did you know that they went bankrupt recently? I did not. Well, they went bankrupt recently. Oh. But that's not what this story is about. Okay. <laughs> um, last week, um, the company Neko, which recently went bankrupt, received a bid for $18.83 million to acquire their company. Um, and the bid came from the Spangler Candy Company. And if you don't know what that company is... I do not. They make Dum Dum Lollipops and those Circus Peanuts. Oh, Okay. The, according to this uh, NPR article, which I was reading, I'm, I'm sure they make other candies too, but those are the two that, examples that they gave. Right. Um, and then NPR reported in April that fans were stocking up and hoarding these the candies from the Neko <laughs> company um, because they thought they might not be available anymore yeah. because of the whole bankruptcy thing. And um, I want to read you an excerpt from one of the uh, examples of people hoarding the candies. Okay. Um, this is a, uh, some quotes from someone they interviewed. We're selling a lot, said John Prince, who runs the online retailer CandyFavorites.com. Uh, one caller wanted to buy his whole inventory, but Prince was limiting sales. And the person actually started to cry and said that they couldn't imagine a world without their Neko wafers. Oh, my gosh. So apparently, like, this was not an uncommon reaction to this company going bankrupt like a lot of people that were fans of the candy were very sad and everyone was trying to buy it and stuff and there's some other funny examples in this article i won't read all of them but also while um when i was reading this i learned some about the history of neko which i thought was interesting okay um neko claims to be the country's oldest continuously operating candy company civil war soldiers carried neko wafers during World War II, the U.S. government bought them in bulk and shipped them off to soldiers because the candy didn't melt and was able to survive transport without breaking. In the 1930s, Richard Byrd, an American Navy admiral and polar explorer, took more than two tons of Necco wafers with him oh for his two-year God. expedition in Antarctica. <laughs> that is a lot. That is. I'm wondering, like, of all the things you could bring with you why would you bring two tons of neko wafers right. i'm not exactly sure he must have just really loved the I candy just, like, i mean it's candy so i wonder I don't know why you need two that. tons in comparison to like what else he was carrying like according to I npr just, wow. i mean i'm sure he had some like caravan or something right yeah but, but still but still i i don't know i don't know why uh. i didn't further <laughs> research that the reasoning for that but that according to npr he took two tons of the candy with him be, uh, to last him for a two-year expedition that's wild like i so. I've heard of Neko and like Neko wafers. I I think I've had them before, but not much. And I don't remember them being amazing. So <laughs> I also wanted to yeah, I've actually never had Neko wafers. Um but Neko also makes those Valentine's Day candy hearts. Oh really? With the conversation hearts, yeah. Oh that seems more valuable. So, I know, right? But for whatever reason the article is talking about people obsessing over the wafers. Huh. Which I, I was like, wa- oh what? Are the wafers um, like the same? They're the same kind of consistency as the hearts, though, right? They're like the chalky kind yes, of thing, right? Yes, they're like chalky Which wafers. Which, again, like, I, didn't, I don't um, remember them being that good. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I will say, I, if you read through the article, some of the, ex- the examples that they give of why people want these, one of them is like um, a camp where they would stock up on these and use them as, like, currency to play games and, like, prizes and stuff or something. Like, it wasn't, like, to eat them. Okay. And then another, <laughs> they were, like, other people said that they're the best for gingerbread house roofs. <laughs> so okay, now that, like, oh, that I can see. <laughs> like, we need these to make our gingerbread houses. <laughs> There's no other materials. 
I thought that was funny. They um, do. I I have seen them used in yeah. gingerbread houses. They they do make good tiling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're like come on, people. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the last thing that I learned while reading this article was that Neco stands for New England Confectionery Company. Oh, that's like N E C C O. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I, I hadn't. I didn't know that either. Um, and finally, as a discussion point, I was just wondering: Have you ever eaten those circus peanuts? Yes. They're not good. No, they're not. I don't understand. I'm taking a hard stance right here. They're I, I, they're like, objectively bad. Okay, I just okay. <laughs> I want to know if you're listening to this and you like the circus peanuts. I want to know what do you like about them. I'm yeah. legitimately interested in I'm, why. I would be curious too because you're wrong. <laughs> Sorry, because I, I, I they didn't mean don't. That. <laughs> they I kind don't of taste it, good to but... me at all no and i don't understand what anyone could like about them and i'm Uh -uh. legitimately interested in knowing that because yeah i feel like even if you found them good like i just get a different candy though because there's there's so many (laughs) other things like why would that be maybe it's a nostalgia thing maybe Uh, like fine but there's there's other only explanation there's other old candy Like, like, why that one? Why? Anyway, this is why I'm saying this, because I legitimately, I want to know. Yeah. Because it's out there. It's being sold all the time. People must be buying it, right? Yeah. Because if, just... no, if no one bought them, it, it wouldn't be in the stores anymore, right? right? Yeah. No. I... And it's always there. So people have to be buying it. And I just want to know if you buy those. Why? Why? That's what I want to know. Okay. I'm very interested. Yeah, me too. Anyway, that was my... My small side rant about candies. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so that was food news. Okay. Uh, My last story uh, that I brought with me is health news. Uh, Engadget reports that scientists have created the first 3D printed human corneas. So this kind of ties into a story that we talked about last time about the 3D printed skin um but uh newcastle university researchers have devised an experimental technique for printing out corneas by using a simple 3d bioprinter uh the professor of tissue engineering which is apparently a thing uh che conan and his team of scientists were able to combine uh, uh corneal stem cells with collagen and alginate which is a type of sugar that's sometimes used in this kind of tissue regeneration uh, to create a bioink, which is another word that came up, I think, last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a, pres- a printable solution that they're able to use to reproduce the shape of a human cornea in just 10 minutes. Wow. Um, and this is wow. this is really cool because, like, well, the cornea, it has a role in focus and protecting our eyes from dirt and bacteria because it's on the outside. But because it's on the outside, um, it's also very vulnerable to injury. Um, and the article said there are estimate, they estimated like 10 million people that are waiting on a cornea transplant and like, it's not a common thing to be donated. Um, so like this could, like if they can, they can crank out corneas in in like one in every 10 minutes and presumably faster as they get better at it. Like that's like, that could make a big difference to a ton of people. That's amazing. Um, it's likely it'll be several years before they're available in any kind of official capacity, but 
I mean, they're there and like the fact that they've been able to successfully do it is just, that's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> 3d printing so cool. like, I... is just going to be the future. I think I just love when health science and technology intersect. Yeah. I mean, I Me am too. a biomedical engineer, so right. <laughs> it, would it makes sense, you. but I just, I love that so much. It's just so cool. And it's so cool. I guess, and especially all this so 3d printing many... stuff, I feel like, like it's only a matter of time before we're printing functioning organs. Yeah. Like we've mapped those before, right? Like we probably have a pretty good idea yeah, of how I they work at this because point. Because from my understanding, what the limitations have been before is just the, the materials that are right. used. But it sounds like, you know, that story and the one that I found before is like people are actually coming up with materials that are like biological materials that can go yeah. through a printer and print out into a 3D shape. So if they continue to develop that, I mean, they'll just be able to put right cell, like tissue you know cellular tissue or whatever into it and print stuff i know and this kind of stuff so. always advances so much faster than you expect too so i like, yeah. i just like i wonder in like 10 years like well okay maybe well, they could <laughs> well we even need organ donors like is that even a, like i mean that's probably many people's goal with right it would be know, s- biological research is just to like the fact that we we do have to depend that. on people to donate their organs yeah like, it's such a limiting thing because Obviously, well, there's obviously only so there's many, only so many people. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know that that story just seemed, wow. I, I don't know. I found it very uplifting so and cool. encouraging. I actually just went to the eye doctor yesterday, um, so I uh, I have really really bad eyes, so I'm very familiar with like all the things that can go wrong with them. <laughs> so this I I don't think I'm okay. at a, I'm at an increased risk of corneal blindness or anything. But the fact that stuff like this exists just makes me wonder could there be a similar solution in the future for just poor eyesight and like uh, yeah, retinal detachment you never know. and that kind of thing? Like, I don't know. It just, we don't it's know. all really cool. There's so many there's possibilities. So many po- yeah. <laughs> there's so many possibilities and that's what I love about it. There's so many different avenues that people can go with their research and so many different groups working on different problems and it's just very exciting. Yeah. So, uh, that was, love he- it. that was health news. <laughs> <laughs> love health news. <laughs> Love it. Okay, my next story is a random local news story. This is reported by USA Today, and it comes from, you guessed it, Florida. (laughs) It's always Florida. (laughs) 7,880 people received an alert text message last week that warned them about a zombie alert during a power outage. (laughs) <laughs> they don't know how okay so so what happened was um a bunch of people got a tech like an uh, like a phone text alert from whatever the power company was in that area alerting them about a power outage and uh-huh. where the outage was and apparently someone at some point had gone into the system and edited the message <laughs> to have stuff about zombies and they didn't know that. And so it was like automatically sent out to a bunch of people. And I'm going to read the message to you. Okay. Okay. And it's, it said power outage and zombie alert for residents of Lake worth and terminus. <laughs> um, so quick note, terminus is the city in the walking dead. Oh, <laughs> so that is, and Lake worth is the real city where this right. happened in Florida. Um, Okay, so it said that, and then it said, there are now far less than 7,380 customers involved 
due to extreme zombie activity. Restoration time uncertain. So they like <laughs> they took the automated power outage message, just like inserted like zombie stuff in it. That is a yeah. Fair, so over a over seven thousand people got that message, <laughs> and they're still investigating um, what happened. They don't know who edited it or what how how that happened, and so far no one's been fired or anything because they don't know how <laughs> they don't know who did it or how it happened. So that's yeah. Awesome. That was all. But yeah. It's pretty funny. It's short but sweet. Yep. <laughs> I wonder how many of those people actually believed it. <laughs> I hope no one, but I hope no one, but you just have yeah. to wonder if there was like that one guy who's like, I knew it, and people. like jumps into his bunker, arms himself with a baseball bat, it's like ready to go. I mean, this is a little bit different, but you know I'm sure you heard about that text alert that happened in Hawaii. Um yeah, a few months ago. Well, that one was that I mean, was that, that legitimately scary. Right, right, that was legitimately scary. But I'm just wondering, like, I don't know if anyone did a similar thing. Like, they jumped in their car and just like started like driving or yeah. something. Like, I don't I have no idea. We don't know. But anyway, I hope no one thought it was real. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. It is Florida. So that was the random local news story. Yay! Anyway, it's time for breaking news. <laughs> breaking news: the part of the podcast where we. Wait, I have to say that again. It's cool. The part of the podcast where we look up random news stories that just came out or were just posted today and then read them to you. <laughs> Let's go. Woo. All right. Wait, who's going first? You're going first? I'm going first. Okay. Uh, okay, I found, um, for people who aren't yet sick of hearing about the royal wedding, <laughs> uh, the headline is, Meghan Markle's wedding veil makers washed their hands every 30 minutes. Um, so apparently... I actually heard about that. Did you? Yes. So, yeah, apparently this wedding veil uh, took hundreds of hours for them to embroider. And in order to keep it totally clean until the wedding, they had to wash their hands every 30 <laughs> minutes. Over the course of hundreds of hours, oh. that just sounds... Well, first of all, horrible for your hands. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh. Uh, it's not like you can put on lotion because you can't get the lotion on there. Right. Yeah. Like, I, you. Right. No, it's just your hands. I, I don't know. It just, it sounds, I feel like you'd just be washing them raw at that point. Yeah. But the veil, I, I did not know anything about this because I didn't, I honestly didn't really follow the wedding at all beyond that it happened. Um, but the veil paid homage to all 53. Three Commonwealth countries by including flowers from each, so that's how yeah, they, like, it's, like, it's that intricate, which is just. I would love so to cool. see a close-up photo of just of the veil that, of that because yeah, that just sounds so cool. And I did hear that a lot of time was put into the veil specifically, but you know most of the pictures are just like from far away, so. Yeah, there's uh, there's really a couple in the it. article, but nothing that's like super close and showing the details of the embroidery. But yeah, there's a bunch of That'd people nice. commenting on the dress throughout the article, but I don't really care what they say. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah, that that is. Like that's like oh my gosh, how many? Like every thirty minutes doesn't sound that insane until you realize it's like for over the a course lot. of how much yeah. time and like also that's very frequent. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Can you imagine wearing something that 
No. People worked, <laughs> put that much work into to yeah. make it. I, I couldn't. It's the same as like when we we're talking about the bag. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't wear something so expensive. I wouldn't wear something so like precious. Like it's like I, I couldn't justify <laughs> it. Just I'd so be afraid I'd get dirt on it or I would be robbed at gunpoint or like any uh, number of other things. Yeah. I'm I paranoid mean, enough already. I mean, I guess like, it is like <laughs> her wedding, you know, she's only going to wear it one time. Yeah. But then even that, it's like, you think about that and it's like, whoa. Well, and the thing is so like long and just, it's just on the I mean, ground. She didn't even wear it the and, whole day, you know, cause she wore, right. She changed for the reception. Well, she couldn't wear it all day. Cause she could, like, because the, it's, it's super massive. Long, yeah. Which, oh my gosh, no. And it's just made of this like delicate fabric. I'd like, yeah, it's probably really get, easily get it caught tears on something and, stuff and it and tears. Like, <laughs> oh, I just, I, oh, I, so I would, much I'm getting stressed out just thinking about like <laughs> potentially ever wearing something like that. Like that just scares me. So I will say that the reason I had heard that before is because I actually, I didn't watch the wedding or anything, but then after it happened, I went and looked up stuff about her dress. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically just that, because I just find that fascinating of like the, like celebrities and right. And how do they, and how, like, what's the process? Yeah, and, like, what's the process of them figuring out what they're going to wear? It's a beautiful wear dress, and, just, and mm-hmm. fail, but, yeah, it's just, huh. Yeah, that that is it's kind of I crazy. would just be, like, like, watching her going, no, no, watch, watch, <laughs> watch out for, oh, there's a plant <laughs> over there, there's a plant over there, watch out for the plant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be terrible. It's like, it, like, tears, and you were one of the people that worked on it, and you see it happening. And your heart like, just no! breaks and falls out of your I chest. I spent so much time on this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that was that was my story. Cool. Um, I found a fun story of where the uh, from uh, the New York Times. Homeowner trying to kill weeds ends up burning down garage. <laughs> <laughs> How? <clears throat> How did uh, you- also? This happened in Ohio. Oh, okay. So Springfield, Ohio. It's not just Florida this episode. Oh, we'll read directly from the article. Authorities say a homeowner trying to kill troublesome weeds with a torch has burned down his garage. <laughs> that still sounds the Springfield so Springfield News Sun reports Springfield Township firefighters in central Ohio were called to a home around four AM this past Thursday for a detached garage engulfed in flames. No one was injured, um, but the fire officials learned the man had been trying to eliminate weeds around the garage um, with, I don't know, some kind of like fire torch or something. Oh, like, okay. Like well, he he had like he had like. A, here I'm thinking. Here I'm thinking he was using some kind of weed spray or something, <laughs> and like somehow managed to catch it's a like liquid how, on fire. No, I think he was like torching the weeds. Okay, well then that's okay. <laughs> And then went right up to his garage, and the wall just <laughs> caught on fire, and his garage burned down. Okay, sir, that's on you. So, uh, that happened. But we need to like, make another PSA here. <laughs> <laughs> One more PSA from your friends <laughs> at Knickknack News. <laughs> Do not use fire near buildings. Yeah. Is that the PSA? I mean, that pretty we, much sums it, it up. That's, it's pretty general. But, like, for weeds specifically, they have products for this. <laughs> this is a solved they problem. Have, they have products for this that aren't fire <laughs> and that won't burn down your garage. <laughs> it's 
like an advertisement for the Home Depot. We have products for weeds <laughs> that aren't fire. Okay, that's our show. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. Remember to subscribe on SoundCloud and follow us on Twitter at at News. And you can also follow us on Facebook. Just search for Knickknack News and we should be right there. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.